0: If you live within a 15-minute walk of trees, like a radius of just a tree or a green space or anything like that, the research shows at Harvard and at, um, in Canada, national and international studies, you just live 12% longer.
1: Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and creative guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. And I love to hear from my listeners. My new website, zestfulaging.com, is up and running and it makes it easy for you to leave comments or suggestions. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker from her CD Buffalo Hotel, and it will be available in January of 2020. Judy Banker is also a guest, so you can hear my interview with her on the podcast. Well, I've got my Jack Russell Sparky right by my side, so let's begin. Today we're speaking with Verla Fortier, and she is the former director of surgery in Toronto, Canada. But at age 63, she was diagnosed with lupus. After 40 years in traditional healthcare, Verla became fascinated by the research showing the benefits of being outside and especially near trees. And she's developed a system that incorporates going outside to increase health, prevent dementia, and manage Her own chronic illnesses
0: welcome to the show Verla thank you very much Nicole
1: can you tell us the story about how you came to be the 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 founder of Tremendous and all about trees and outdoors uh, when you were initially you know this this huge professional uh, director of surgery in Toronto Mm -hmm. what what's the story behind this
0: Oh, well, uh, I was about, I had retired. I was uh, a professor of nursing at that time at uh, McMaster University in Ontario, and I was really looking forward to retiring to my little hometown of uh, Pine Falls in Manitoba when the rug was pulled out right out from under me um, i was diagnosed as you say with uh systemic lupus and i as a nurse i knew what that could mean because i'd taken care of patients who did who died of of lupus many of them so i uh i was uh, pretty petrified (laughs) uh so uh at the time i didn't know what to do i thought well i've been a nurse for 40 years i should know how to be a perfect patient so i Hmm. just (laughs) <laughs> I just did what I was told. I, I was uh, told to avoid the sun uh, in case it damaged my DNA. I took my medications. I went to more and more specialist appointments and got more and more diagnoses added to my systemic lupus. And then I was just getting so sick and sicker with uh, pain um, and profound fatigue, and all those symptoms just kept growing and growing. So that about a year after that, I was just lying in bed in my in my little uh, prison that felt like my home and my cell. And I was just, by this time I was totally isolated. I wasn't really, um, I was just kind of hiding away. Um, I had moved back to my hometown, and I was just trying to stay inside and, and get better and get a grip on this. And I joined all the lupus support groups in in the whole world. <laughs> so I spent most of my time just scrolling mm-hmm. through the comments and not participating because I was used to running, you know, support groups, not being in one. So I, um, but then I came upon this one healthy-looking woman that said, you know, about going outside, I just put on my hat and sunscreen and off I go. And I thought, what am I doing? I was just, I didn't care anymore, so I just did the same. I slapped on my hat and sunscreen, and I walked outside. And uh, a few minutes after being outside, I just felt totally different, totally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the the only way I can. Can you
1: describe the difference?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I just felt lighter, calmer. And then when I told the kids, I said, "It's like it's kind of like that." Pac-Man when you lose a life and you get a new one. <laughs> you know, it just, I was just powered up. I just
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just had a brand new life and I was out there and I felt like somebody was pouring blood right into my body and cells and bones. and I just didn't know what was happening except for I was just loving it. Loving it. And I stayed Uh-oh. out there for a long time and incorporated that into my, into my life after that. And that's when so, I started
1: So then you started uh, researching.
0: I did, and that's when I started my I thought I've got to get this word out. so I started my little uh, website uh, called treesmendu dot com, and I started to dig around in the research and share little things that I found and then then I thought this is there's some really compelling stuff here, so I was writing down all the um you know, the study designs. I went right to the peer-reviewed research because after mm-hmm. I was outside, I realized, hey, I've got all these research skills. Why don't I look into trees and what's going on there? So, And I didn't want to just look at all the stuff that was floating around on the internet. I wanted to go right to the original research, which is what I did do. And, uh, and then I found the most fascinating stuff that addressed my fears of what was, might happen to me that I wasn't talking to anybody about?
1: Mm-hmm. You must have been so surprised to see the science behind what you had discovered anecdotally.
0: Well, yes, I was. And like the first piece of uh, research I went to um, really did change my life totally. Um, it was done in 2015. Uh, by Gregory Bratman at Stanford University, and I uh, was divorced in 2013. My ex-husband uh, walked out of our perfect little family, <laughs> left me and the two little kids, and I wanted to keep them in our home and in our community. So I, you know, I picked up two another job. That was beca- so I was a senior manager in the hospital and a full-time nursing professor. Anyway I just shoved everything underneath the carpet of my emotions and feelings and uh, looked after the kids and after everybody in my jobs so I but I wasn't aware of that I wasn't aware of any mindset or you know what I was doing I was just it worked perfectly well you know until I got this disease and then I looked at this I w- looked at this uh, Stanford um Stuff And they said that there's, first of all, they were describing their terms of what they were going to research and they, they had, you probably know all about this, but they categorized this thinking as a negative rumination. And uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a thing. Um, it, and uh, it's that kind of thinking, bro- I call it broken record thinking that's, you know, what if, if only I didn't get divorced, if only I didn't get this disease, why is my body mm-hmm. breaking down? why I'm too old for this, why can't I get going. Uh, that These are all thoughts that totally swam around in my mind all the time. And uh, I didn't know that there was a name for this or it was a thing and it wasn't me. <laughs> so that was fun to find out. And then what they did was uh, they, they were looking at what happens to your thinking when you go outside. Uh, and they were comparing these two groups, one that went out to the cement and the sidewalks and the other group that went to grass, trees, and shrubs. And they, and how they tracked this, which was really appealing to me as a nurse, is that they looked at the blood flow to this part of the brain that I think of as the heartbreak hotel, where it just goes in there. They tracked the blood flow, and they found that that the, uh, the broken record thinking when you're outside close to grass, trees, and shrubs, it doesn't go to that heartbreak hotel, it doesn't go anywhere, there's no activity, but if you go outside and look at cement buildings, then that broken record thinking goes to that um, you know, subgenual prefrontal cortex or heartbreak hotel part of your brain and the music just gets louder and louder.
1: So it, that's fascinating. So what you're saying is the neg- negative thinking is intensified when you're out in cement and concrete?
0: Yes. Well it doesn't, it, it, say you have that propensity for um, broken record thinking, which I did do, then it would just always be going to that heartbreak hotel part of your brain and it would just be there. But say you wanted to get relief from that, it would just automatically happen if you're, even if they were in San Francisco Bay Area, like just out in urban areas around grass trees and shrubs, then there was just no broken record thinking. Just took it away. Mm. The negative rumination, yeah. That's
1: fascinating. Could you talk a little bit about trees and and some of the basic chemistry um, uh, around why being near trees is helpful.
0: Well, we're not. I mean, the the way I first got started in this was I was reading Diana Beresford Kroger, and she's a chemist and a, a researcher and kind of an advocate for trees. And uh, she's done medical research, and she says that there's um, these invisible aerosols that. Um, that trees emit to protect themselves because they can't run away and they're antibiotic antiviral anti-inflammatory and antiseptic and so they give those off to protect themselves so if we just go close to them and breathe we are getting that benefit Mm
1: -hmm. and they've certainly seen that in places like Korea and, and other places in Asia where they've done research, I understand, and I'm sure you know more about the details than I do, but the uh, the immune system is also strengthened.
0: Yes, I mean, in this, I started to look at all of that and I, I really ended up thinking there's just so much here that I'm just gonna focus on mindset because the next piece of the brain part that I, you know, I is that I found that not only did it stop this broken record thinking, but these same researchers and others at uh, University of Chicago, Mark Berman, who's an engineer and a psychologist and his team, and also this earlier guy, Mark Bratman, who was in interdisciplinary studies, they looked at what happened to, they said, okay, if it takes away that kind of thinking in your brain, what else does it do? And then they found that just by being outside, it increases your short and long-term memory, your ability to um, problem-solve, pay attention, learn new things. So it was, um, it's just huge. And that—and then when I dug in further, it showed that if you have this broken record thinking, then it leads to cognitive decline, which is the exact opposite of what green space does. So, so that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm saying that it can, you know, so much of it is mindset, and that's why I called my book uh, "Take Back Your Outside Mindset." Because it probably the next book would probably be about immunity and and heart disease and all these other things that. Uh... <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I see you want to start with the emotional part, and then um, further on down the line talk about more of the physiology.
0: Well, I yeah, I think there's there's just it's. The research is in so many, many, many disciplines um, that that oh, that's see. what I find so interesting. Like the um, the, the but the immune system, yes, the, um, that was done by Dr. Li, yeah, the the the, uh, the sort of king of forest bathing, and he found some very interesting things about NK cells and how just being outside increased that mm-hmm. for two weeks, and yeah, very interesting.
1: So can you give me an example of, you know, your average maybe suburban dweller, city dweller, which you no longer are, I understand, (laughs) you are with your beautiful tree friends, but people who live um, in areas where there's trees, but there's not enormous maybe patches of wilderness, what would it look like? Tell me, give me the prescription of what would be health promoting
0: well if you live within a 15-minute walk of trees like a radius of just a tree or green space or anything like that the research shows at harvard and at um, in canada national international studies you just live 12 percent longer so all you have to do is find Mm. find a 15-minute walk from your place and just know that uh y- you know just by being there, <laughs> being in that air, you're going to live twelve percent longer, period uh, so that's that's one thing, and of course, a lot of this stuff they don't know exactly why, but the research goes on in universities, and they and that's a good thing and a bad thing um, but um. Uh, they follow people for a very long time, where they live by postal code, and use NASA satellite technology to figure out how long people live, and can be very definite about about the outcomes, not so much the why. But I don't know if I've answered your question. Um,
1: Wait, so you're saying find find a patch um, and and be with trees. And so, what would it look like for the average, you know? Uh, person let's say who's uh maybe not quite retired but in that let's say (laughs) over 45 kids are launched you know doing uh sort of the typical errands some work maybe some housework maybe you know going to the gym maybe going to the bookstore your average (laughs) kind of life what what is the what are the specifics about how long you're recommending people be near trees? Is it ten minutes, a half an hour? Do they oh, yeah. touch the trees? You know that kind of thing.
0: Right. So five hours a month is is the minimum that the Finnish research uh, shows uh, to spend outside. That comes out to about about mm-hmm. ten minutes a day, and. What oh, you could wow. do is just um, start by uh, walking under trees, sitting under trees. Take your biggest breath of the day outside there. Take a you know a big deep mm-hmm. breath. Um, uh, there's things that you can um, you can say to yourself when you're out there to, to tell your brain how you're feeling. Like I'm feeling I'm feeling good out here right now at this moment, and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's uh, and there's also research that I became really fascinated with um, Ellen Langer uh, social psychologist at Harvard mm-hmm. and she she doesn't mm-hmm. e- equated exactly with um, outside but she has all these noticing studies and she says that just by noticing Something it puts you immediately into the present. So if you add that into your going outside practice, uh, she said, notice something new in in something old. You know, just stop, notice, and that is so good for you. So she she picked this up uh, when she she started a whole bunch of really neat noticing studies when she was. Um, she's also an artist, and she was noticing all the green in the trees. And she said it did something to her, and then she started this, uh, these noticing studies, and, you know, one of them is really, and now, like, she's in her 70s now, so, she's so interesting. So she's now looking at people with chronic disease and, and the medical care system and how fixed it is in terms of, you know, mindset and, how it doesn't really offer that much um, possibility. <laughs> if we're just taking a few words like I did, you know, I got lupus and off I go. I just thought I was going to die. But noticing is is a short, short cut for sure and would really help the average person.
1: It reminds me of the book The Nature Fix, um, with Florence Williams, who I interviewed uh, last year, and talking about exactly these kinds of things.
0: hmm Yes, I have a chapter on the book on, on uh, Florence, the, the work that she did. Um, and I, it, she's where, I, as I've heard one of your podcasts talking about fractals, and that's where I first learned mm-hmm. about fractals as well, and then did a deeper dive into that as as well. um, He's a pretty interesting guy that uh, Taylor, who did the, does, continues to do that research.
1: Hey, Zestful Agers. Last year, I attended the International Federation on Aging's Global Conference in Toronto, and they've announced the 15th Global Conference on Aging for Niagara Falls, Ontario, from November 1st through 3rd, 2020. Zestful Aging Podcast is a proud partner for this conference, and I encourage you to all consider attending. The conference features prominent experts presenting and discussing critical issues within the field of aging. So head on over to ifa2020.org to learn more. And I hope to see you in Niagara Falls in November. Can you talk a little bit about fractals? Not everybody in our audience may know what they're about.
0: Sure, um, Taylor, who's a physicist and was an artist, and is, is really uh, that's where and and in psychology as well. So all kinds of different disciplines, he's really the guru on this. But he calls fractals nature's uh, trademark. And so they're naturally occurring patterns in nature so um, if you think about the uh, pebble or the tree branches they completely reflect what our lungs and heart and blood vessels look like and we're all kind of branching off in these different kinds of patterns Um, and Pat- Once you start looking for these, they're everywhere. Uh, they're you know they're just naturally occurring patterns in the soil, in the clouds, in uh, pebbles, in feathers, you know, and in us, in in, all, in us. And so And are that-
1: wrinkles. I, I did you r- yeah. r- wrote about wrinkles as well. <laughs> uh huh.
0: And so he, so he says, and he's he does he uses MRIs and uh, computer uh, systems, and he says that we don't even have to look directly at them. Say we're just walking by a window, um, our eyes pick it up, and it reduces our stress up to sixty percent.
1: Mm-hmm. So give me a uh, a day um, in the life of Earl LaForte. What what does it look like these days?
0: <laughs> well, it's I organize everything about going outside, so I'm I still I'm you know I'm writing now, so I write when it's when it's dark, and uh, so I get up early, and then I once I found out I would live longer once I went outside, <laughs> I thought I'd better get fit for this, so I started to go back to my fitness classes, and that got me uh, going. So I go to my fitness classes, and then I um, go, after that, I go outside and have my tea, walk around my yard, look around, play around outside. (laughs) Then I come in and and do a bit of inside work, and then I go out again. Often I'll just text a friend and say, I'm going out now, what do you think? And I almost always now, my friends say, yep, because they read my book, and they're they know
1: <laughs> they're converts
0: <laughs> yeah. so then we just you know we just go out and meander around and we find that we're just singing and joking and uh and you know if you sort of that's what that dr lie did uh he he used a mood scale before you go outside and after you go outside check your thoughts and emotions mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. so different so different when you're outside
1: you can really you can really tell the difference.
0: Yes, yeah, I know you you are I see your work and I already know that uh you actually <laughs> do recording from out there and uh we're uh, I do. We're forest sisters, I know that.
1: <laughs> I love that, I love that. Yeah, I find that it's it's almost mandatory cuz I do so much head work during the day as a psychotherapist and I think about what guests I want to bring on the podcast and I you know I write and so so much brain work
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: feel like if I don't balance that out with just some walking, breathing, dog fun, knitting, baking, tennis playing, I'm just not very fun to be with. It just, there's, it's, it's off balance somehow. So I live in upstate New York where the weather is famously pretty yucky. So I have to, when the sun's out, you just grab, and I know you're a Nordic pole user. I just grab my poles and I am off because the sun may be out now, but it's going to sleet in about 45 minutes. (laughs) That's usually the way it goes. So it's very much like... If the weather is, you know, hospitable, it's time to go. And I have, unfortunate, even though I live on the outskirts of a medium-sized city, there's a lot of green space. And I feel as though it's, it's almost, um, to me, I crave it when I haven't been outside for maybe a couple days if the weather's really horrendous or dangerous. Mm-hmm. It feels like something's, it's almost like... Um, I don't know, maybe this is too dramatic, but it feels like, wow, I'm thirsty. You know, I'm Uh I'm thirsty for that. I need the experience of just being in an open space. And I remember when I talked, um, when I was uh, interviewing Florence Williams, the idea of your brain, it's enough patterning, but it doesn't cause your brain an, sort of an energy drain to figure it out it's like the fractals are enough stimulation to be interesting and and um helpful but not too much to wear us out is that is that also your understanding
0: i think so that the i think the uh almost the more interesting research is that that stuff on restoration attention restoration there's a name for it in science and it just lets our brains rest and so we pay a- attention mm. differently out there there's things like um mm-hmm. top down and bottom up attention so so all those things that we're ta- that we do you know writing thinking is top down they call it and then bottom up is when you you go outside and you auto, your mind auto, your focus automatically goes to this bottom-up kind of um, attention where you're just kind of looking around, right? And that's when your brain brain just rests, mm-hmm. and that's that Berman work, that attention mm-hmm. restoration um, theory, and uh, th- th- you know it's a real thing. It's you know it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So. I
1: can. I, I'm sure you know you you could articulate it better than I could, but I mean, it feels very different. Um, in my body and my brain after I've taken it doesn't have to be you know a hardcore hike where you're sweating and your heart rates up I call them more like aesthetic walks I look for hawks um, Mm -hmm. you know my dog's chasing the squirrels this right now it's of course it's autumn the leaves are gorgeous it's it's hard to maybe even put into words but I can mm. feel the healing as it's happening. I know.
0: I same with me. I, I'm almost. And they say that once you start going out, you do crave it. If your brain wants mm. it, you know, yearns for it. And I, I have, I have the very, very same, uh, same feelings about it. Uh, if I don't go out, in fact, I'm training myself now because the weather is often horrible here. I. I, I read stuff that says, "Okay, like go oh, out in any kind of weather, you know. Get practice walking in the rain, and get a good raincoat, and have a little Facebook group so we get mm-hmm. each other doing that, you know. Uh, so we even go out in the bad weather, and then once you're out there, it's pretty good still.
1: <laughs> it's pretty good, and you know what I love is, not a lot of people are out because it's sleeting and. <laughs> And, you know, I always joke, I have like 20 different jackets, depending on every five degree increment and moisture and, you know. Oh, that's so but good. But talk for a minute, I saw that you're also a fan of Nordic Poles, and mm-hmm. um, I know they have European origin. They're not so as common here as maybe they are in Canada, but could you talk a little bit about why you use them and why other people might want to try them?
0: Yes, um, when I when I started to feel so good outside, um, I that's when I had real rheumatoid arthritis and still do. So, you know, just uh, joint pain um, that travels around, and and I didn't feel that steady on my feet either. Like I had a little balance issues. So uh, I went right to looking at the best poles and I was looking for ones that were developed by occupational therapists or physiotherapists or physicians and I found this particular kind of pole called urban polling but I got those and they're nordic walking poles and you they're you can get different but, but any poles will do and you can get the really fancy ones or 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 any kind and Nordic walking is is just it's just amazing because you it just you just walk naturally, you're swinging your arms back and forth, but you have that extra security. and um, mm, it's like four-wheel drive. It's awesome and you can you really get going to almost too fast without any effort, but you're using up twice the amount of calories and energy. so you almost have to be careful because you just you just mm. zip along. You use them, eh, Nicole? Yes. I, love, I them. love
1: them because uh, sometimes I walk in uh, this local historical cemetery. It's got a lot of up and down rolling hills, mm-hmm. uh, stones, and back to the bad weather. It's I've wiped out a few times in the ice. So yeah. I use them kind of as a four-wheel drive uh, method. And uh, that's what I understand as well is that mm-hmm. you're burning more energy, but it also feels it feels easier it just feels easier to have that kind of support
0: it really really does and i at uh, first i use them to i thought oh, well if i run into a pack of wild dogs <laughs> you know i'll have a stick yes. <laughs> 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 or, your weapons <laughs> or or if i you know i want to prod the ground ahead of me is there water there mm-hmm. uh, but there's so many uses for them i just i just love them yeah and yeah they're they're fantastic for getting outside
1: I am, um, I like you, you know, use high quality ones, but when I travel, I found these, uh, Nordic poles that collapse, and so I bring them in my suitcase. So that uh, when I was recently out in Albuquerque for the senior games and we were doing a lot of hiking, I had Uh my poles with me and they just put you put them right into the suitcase.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Well, you know, I started to do that, too. I went to Portugal and I walked right up to uh, security with them because I was using them but I needed them really oh, and they let me see. they let me through but I yeah mm-hmm. I would get the collapsible ones and travel I wouldn't travel without them now I don't think because they help that's you get so outside
1: great. right and that's the that's the mission here so verla how can people find out more about your work and you've done so much research you've had so much personal experience being Uh, using the outdoors, being in the outdoors, for psychological and physical benefit. And I know people kind of know this in the back of their mind, but I think uh, seeing your work will really help them. Where's the best place to find out
0: about you and your new book? Okay, well, uh, com is my website. That's us, all one word. And my book is yes. on Amazon, and it's called Take Back Your Outside Mindset, Live Longer, Prevent Dementia, and Control Your Chronic Illness. And um, I just, I mean, there's there's three, if you spend uh, three minutes outside, this recent research just shows that your um, mood elevates immediately, and so does your self-esteem. So, particularly if you've got a chronic illness, uh, you know, this really, self-esteem is really connected to your symptoms, and uh, there's, there's so much there in terms of, for all of us, in terms of being in the driver's seats of our thoughts and emotions when we go outside. So, so take those three minutes every day outside, is, is what mm-hmm. I would say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. That's so it's so helpful I think for people to hear, you know, some details about like it's not just oh, go outside, it's nice, but like it really makes a difference on these on these scientific scores of wellness that people actually do feel more generous. They feel mm-hmm. more um you know just uh, uh, flexible thinking whenever i'm exactly. kind of having a hard day it just sort of helps you clarify things and get perspective
0: yes and this shouldn't be our secret i mean i think we're both toll converts to this but not yeah, everybody. <laughs> right,
1: preaching to the choir
0: <laughs> not everybody <laughs> is i mean and it's a free right. resource That we can tap into at any any time um Mm -hmm. and we can you know build our resilience we can you know like for the tough times that come ahead and we you know there's so much that we can do especially you know the
1: ultimate self-care
0: yes exactly you know and it costs nothing yeah and it's exhilarating
1: just some good uh It's exhilarating. Oh, amen to that. Verla, thank you so much for um, talking to us about being outside forest bathing, all of this stuff. It's so important these days for people to take back their health. Because as you've said, you know, Western medicine offers us some things, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's a lot more to be known and to be had. And I, I really appreciate your contribution.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And I'm so glad that we uh, both are doing this and spreading the word together because, uh, as I, you know, it shouldn't be our, our secret.
1: <laughs> and good luck on the book. I'll put that all in the program notes and I'm sure our audience will, will be curious to learn more. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Nicole.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. In this phase of our lives, we're more aware that our time is precious, and we certainly don't want to waste it taking care of stuff that we no longer need, left over from a life that we are no longer living. We know we would feel better with less clutter and more open space, but we don't know how to get there. If this sounds familiar, I'd love you to check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. This course is different than others you may have tried because we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and tools to help you face the overwhelm and feelings that come up when you're going through your clutter. It's practical and realistic and the lessons are short and punchy and very manageable, but it has the power to change your life. We all deserve to live in a peaceful home without the chaos of too much stuff. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com.